0: David DeJulius is returning to the Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball program for his super senior season. This is the first thing that needed to happen to ensure next season is better than this past season. And every NFL team had at least one member in attendance at the Cincinnati Bearcats football pro day on Thursday. It's just another testament as to how far this program has come. Plus, I've never Been more excited for the Final Four than I am this year. It's historic. And stats back that up. All of that coming up on Locked On Bearcats. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. Today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com/lockdown. My name is Alex Frank. It's Monday, March 28th of 2022. David DeJulius is returning for his super senior season. This is the first thing that needed to happen to ensure next season is better than this past season. David DeJulius is this team's leader. The Bearcats go as he goes. David DeJulius led the team in scoring last year at 14, excuse me, and a half, 14 and a half points per game last year. So you need that experience. You need that, you need that score. Wes Miller calls him one of the best combo guards in the country. David Agulius can play both point and shooting guard. We know he has the ability to run an offense. We know he has the ability to shoot the basketball. But he's coming back for a super senior season. And I do not know that, or I never thought about it this way. This will be the first time in his college basketball career, and he mentioned this, he did q and A Q&A with Justin Williams of the Athletic. Uh, if you haven't read that Q and A, if you subscribe to the Athletic, uh, I highly recommend reading this Q and A. David and Julius talked to Justin about how this is the first time in his college basketball career that he will play for the same head coach in two co- or in consecutive seasons. Playing for the same head coach, sorry, playing for the same head coach in consecutive seasons. He has never done that in his collegiate career. 2018-2019, his freshman season, he played for John Beeline. That seems like a lifetime ago. He was the head coach at the University of Michigan. 2019-2020, through 2020, he played under Jawan Howard, first year in Michigan for Howard. Then he transferred to Cincinnati, played under John Brandon in the 2021 season. And then last year, played under Wes Miller. He's played for four different head coaches, two each of the two programs he's been at. Think about that for a minute. He's never had continuity, and yet he has evolved into being this leader for Cincinnati, to be this, you know, really good basketball player on the court, a leader on and off the court. The one thing I love about David the Julius is he's honest, he's open. That's actually more than one thing. He's honest, he's open, he's positive, he's genuine, he's sincere. Those are all things that you want in your leader. That's like Joe Burrow. That's like Joey Votto. In this city, when you have a leader on your team who embodies those traits, who embodies those characteristics. That's what you want in a leader. Honesty, sincerity, genuineness, openness, and, of course, energy. And David DeJulius provides that energy on the floor. So many times last year, he would be the reason why the Bearcats were in games. So many times last year, he'd be the reason why they won games. They won the Miami game because of him. They won the East Carolina game because of him. They won the uh, first-round tournament game because of him. They won so many games because of David DeJulius and his performances. He comes in in 2020, before the 2021 season, and immediately, sorry, I keep looking. There's a funny commercial on the television here in my apartment and All Madden that's coming on uh, ESPN2 at the time of this recording. So David DeJulius comes in at the start of the 2020-21 season. And he might not have been the best player on the roster, but he quickly became the most important player. And when your best player, which he is right now, is the team's most important player, that that is huge for next season. The Bearcats have to have a better season next year than they did this year because they are going to the Big 12. Later this week, I'm going to get into a fan survey, the Max Olsen of The Athletic, Did, And I was reading over it, and it made me think how important it is for the Bearcats to have a successful season in men's basketball. I know they're going to in football, but in men's basketball, which historically is this school's signature program, they have to have a much better season this year. I would even go so far as to say they have to make the NCAA tournament this coming year. And there's no reason why they should not. Make the NCAA tournament. They have their leader. And David the Julius said a lot of things that well, there's so anyway. Um, David the Julius said a lot of things recently. This isn't all mad, is it? Maybe it is. Um, David the Julius said some things in the QA that were really interesting. Um, number one is he said that they're that the Bearcats are trying to um establish more length on their team and they need length, they need length in their front court, they need length in their back court. Um, he mentioned from a skill standpoint that he's waiting to expanding his range from the three point line, he wants to um play without the ball and being used as a decoy. um, Mentioned being able to be deceptive, backdoors, use screens can allow teammates to get open. Being able to finish over bigs and over contact—it's interesting because I always thought he was—he's he, better at that than maybe he thinks. But if he can get even better, that's going to give this team a dimension that it has not had in several years. Like I said, they haven't had that point guard, that combo guard that can finish over bigs like Justin Jennifer could. And we saw that in 2018 and 2019. We have not seen that from a Bearcats guard combo guard since. Maybe David DeJulius can be that guy. Um, West, he said that West Miller wants him to be one of the better guards in the league defensively. And then this is where it gets really interesting. David DeJulius said that they talked about cutting down the nets, and he strongly believes we have, that they have the core to do that. He said, "In quote." Coach West is big on the idea that for a team to be really exceptional, you have to go through some things together. I feel like the best thing you can do is keep a core intact, and that's what we did. So now it's about rounding out the team and fixing the mistakes we made together this past season. We won't have to go through that maturation process as much, end quote. Boom. David Joyce has just summarized everything that I've been saying that this team needs. This team has a core, potentially. Micah Adams-Woods, I like him. He does some good things. Who else do you have, though? John Newman coming back. It's going to be, a, again, it's going to be a, a different team. Even though they, they do they do believe they have a core in place. They have Jared Hensley. They have John Newman. They have Odio Guama. They have David DeJulius. You're not going to have Abdullah Addo and Hayden Koval. It's going to be interesting to see how they replace Mason Madsen and Mike Saunders Jr. I've said that it's a blessing... It's a blessing in disguise that both those players, or I said it's a blessing and a curse, that they both entered the transfer portal, Saunders Jr. and Madsen, because you're going to be able to get hopefully better players than them, no disrespect to Saunders Jr. and Madsen. But they were also part of the core the last two years. They played with David Julius. They shared a backcourt with David DeJulius. Saunders Jr. shared a backcourt with David Julius. Now they have to go out and replenish that. And you're going to have some recruiting. Daniel Skillings had 31 points in an OHSAA state championship game this past weekend. Uh, Sage Tolentino is going to be coming in to fill out the front court. You're going to be getting much better players, hopefully, than you've had really since Mick Cronin left. And David DeJulius returning is, excuse me, a huge first step. You know, the offseason, you know, the Bearcats may not play a basketball game for another seven months. And there may not be a lot of thing, and there may not be a lot of you know things you're looking forward to because it's a long off season. But they have to nail some things down this off season to be in position to have a better season next year. I think they can. This is the first step though. March 27th. Or was it March 28th? It, or uh, not even that. March, it, it was last weekend, late March. I believe it was the 20. Was it the 25th or 26th? Anyway, March 25th or 26th. David the Julius announces. I, I'm going to say, I believe it's the 26th. March 26th. David the Julius. Actually, just call it last week. David the Julius announces he is returning to the University of Cincinnati for a super senior season. Less than or just over two weeks after the season ends, he announces he's coming back. First big decision that needed to be made, it was. The next thing thing that needs to happen is, is we're going to judge this team based off of what they are able to do in the transfer portal. Who are they able to get? What kind of players? What experience do those players have that they do get? It's not just one particular thing that needs to happen. This is now an evaluation. We need to evaluate the players they get in the transfer portal because they are going to have to work that. And they're going to have to work it well to be in position to contend next year. But if the Julius thinks they can and Wes Miller thinks they can, maybe this team can. One program that did have a successful season last year, of course, was Cincinnati Bearcats football. Cincinnati Bearcats football had a very successful 2021 season, and every NFL team had at least one member in attendance at the Cincinnati Bearcats Pro Day on Thursday. It's just another testament as to how far this program has come. I'll get into that next. But first, I need to tell you about Stat Hero. You see, I love and I hate those buzzer beaters. Oh, the drama, but man, the pain when you are on the other side of it. That's what happened in 2016 when Chris Jenkins hit a three to beat North Carolina. But I also lived the ecstasy when Luke May beat Kentucky in 2017. Stat Heroes NCAA single-game pickems pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and fantasy. And sports gambling. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. In addition to their picking games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on head-to-head. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. This is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. So in the Final Four, I mean, there are so many options for the final four that I can take from my lineup. I haven't thought about it. I haven't looked at them yet. I have a general idea, but that's going to be fun to look at. Which lineup do I want to pick? Sign up for free right now. StatHero.com slash lockdown. Use promo code lockdown for a 100% deposit match. That's StatHero.com slash lockdown. Use promo code lockdown for a 100% match. StatHero.com slash lockdown. Promo code lockdown. Terms and conditions do apply. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Once again, thank you for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Frank here with you as part of Locked On Bearcats, the host of Locked On Bearcats. What a time to be a Cincinnati sports fan. Bearcats football had at least every Team with one, every NFL team with one member in attendance at the Bearcats Pro Day on Thursday. This is a testament to how far this program has come. I remember when I first started at the University of Cincinnati, Pro Day did not exist. I didn't even know when Pro Day was. You'd be lucky if a Bearcats player was drafted in the sixth or seventh round. Now you might have two first round draft picks on your team and Sauce Gardner, and Desmond Ritter. You had NFL Network doing live coverage from the University of Cincinnati. Four years ago, you wouldn't have said that. That's how far this program has come. And it's these guys. It's Ritter and Sauce Gardner. If you've listened to my lockdown nows for the NFL draft, you would know that I've mentioned that I talk about the progression of the careers of Sauce Gardner and Desmond Ritter. Here's Sauce Gardner. He comes in. Sixth on the Bearcats depth chart. Sixth on the depth chart at corner in fall camp in the fall of 2019. Fast forward to the fifth game of the season. He makes a game changing interception against UCF, flips the script. Bearcats have never looked back in that rivalry since. They've never looked back in the American Athletic Conference since then. They've won two conference championships. They've been ranked in the top 25 every week. They have crushed UCF once, beat them on the road in their place in 2020. And they have been the absolute class of the league since that play by Sauce Gardner. They've never been outside of the top 25. They've never not played for a conference championship. And they have only lost two conference games. Did I mention they were to the same team? Yeah, that. That is how impactful that play was by Sauce Gardner. That game's interesting because the strategy employed by Marcus Freeman, former Bearcats defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman, was we're going to rotate guys in and out to keep them fresh, which was a genius idea. And it gave players like Sauce Gardner an opportunity. Hell, Justin Harris had a pass breakup in that game that was critical. Justin Harris was not listed as a starter on the depth chart that year. Sauce Gardner was sixth. I remember I had, I had to look down on my spotting board to see who had the interception. If you watch a there's a video that Dan Horde posted on Twitter. They have a video camera. They had a video camera in their broadcast booth that night, which is really cool, by the way, when when they show highlights from the broadcast booth for both the Bearcats and Bengals to see Dan Horde in action. Whew, it is. That's, that's really cool stuff. Dan Horde. Had to look down at his spotting board to see who that player was, and you remember him saying, "A true freshman from Detroit, and his nickname is Sauce." I did. I should not have done what I just did. I tried to rep. I tried to mimicate Dan Hor, my mentor. Major apologies to him. He probably is laughing at me, though. That's okay. Anyway, he had to look down at his spotting board to see who that player was. To see where he's from, what year is he, what his nickname is, what interesting fact did I write down about him? You didn't have to do that later on. He added another pick six in the ECU game in the eighth game of the season that practically – see his pick six against UCF was the igniter of the season. His pick six against ECU saved the season. He added another interception in the Memphis game, the first Memphis game that year. 2020, utterly dominant. 2021, Utterly dominant. Had a return touchdown on a blocked extra point against DCU in the final, um, or I'm sorry, it was a blocked field goal in the final regular season game of 2021. And oh, by the way, he had an interception in Notre Dame, just for good measure. Did not allow a single touchdown in his career. From sixth on the depth chart, he might go sixth overall in the NFL draft. That, my friends, is progression. That, my friends, is just putting in the work, Every single day, continually getting better. And lo and behold, they're showing a commercial of the Rams beating the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Exactly what I needed to see. I'm focusing right now on here. Anyway, Desmond Ritter comes in 2018. He was good to begin with. We knew he should should be the starter. And eventually, about a quarter into the season opener in UCLA, he took over for Hayden Moore. Never let the job go. When questions about his passing surfaced, And boiled over, in 2020, he responded with three straight 300-yard games to close out the season, and a conference championship. And he went into Indiana and Notre Dame and led the Bearcats from 14 down at, at Indiana and a victory at Notre Dame in which they never trailed. Desmond Ritter is what Sauce Gardner was. Desmond Ritter is the Sauce Gardner of the offense. Just gets better and better throughout his career, and now he is going to be a high draft pick. Probably second round. But, he, but I believe he's a first round draft pick. I believe he should be a first round draft pick. And living here in Macon, Georgia, I would love if the Falcons took him. He wouldn't have to change colors of his uniform. Red and black. There you go. But just those two players, along with my Jay Sanders and Darian Beavers and Alec Pierce, and Jerome Ford, all these players who were building blocks of this program and how far it has come. You thought they couldn't do any better in 2019. They did better in 2020. You knew the possibility of a college football playoff berth in 2021, but you didn't realistically think it could happen. And then it did. Those players had a belief that has not been seen. That was not, that had not been seen prior. And may prior to and may not be seen again. And what I mean by that belief is they were in the depths of college football irrelevancy in a mid-major conference and at the bottom of that. And they not only rose to the top of the mid-major conference they're in, the American, but they also rose to being one of the four best teams in college football. That is belief unquestionably. And they not only drew eyes to the college football world, they have now drawn eyes to the NFL world. You, have, you had a member of every NFL team in attendance. Schools like Alabama, Ohio State, USC, Texas, Georgia, and where all the four- and five-star athletes go, that's where, the NFL members, that's where NFL scouts and other team members go to watch Pro Days. They don't come to Cincinnati, but they did this year. The payoff for last year's season was a college football playoff berth. This season, the 2021 Cincinnati Bearcats, that season is going to reverberate in Clifton for a long time. It's going to reverberate when they join the Big 12. It's going to reverberate when they win in the Big 12 and they are able to draw recruiting. And it's going to reverberate this year. See, you think Cincinnati is going to take a step back. I will remind you that they're the two time defending conference champions and have not lost a conference game. Since December 7th of 2019, December 7th of 2019, Andy Dalton was still the Bengals quarterback then, in case you forgot. That's kind of funny to think about. But just having but just having every NFL team in attendance, like I said, I remember when spring practice wasn't even that big. Because when I first started at Cincinnati, it was basketball all the way. You didn't care about spring practice. Sure, you maybe cared about the spring game. Now you do. Now we're starting to care about things that college football programs around the country like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Texas, USC care about. Pro day, recruiting, spring practice, position battles, coaches, who's going to get drafted where, what are they going to do in the pros. You care about that stuff. Now, that's another reverberation from last year's Bearcats team. You care now about college football in Cincinnati. It may not have ended the way you wanted it to end. They did not play well against Alabama. I understand that. It's Alabama freaking Bama. The gold standard of college football success, at least in this day and age. You had them at 10-3 to 3 late in the second quarter. You had them at 17-6 to 6 through three quarters. The game was there for the taking. Through three quarters against Alabama. You show that you're competitive against Notre Dame. You went into Notre Dame Stadium and won. Alabama's best win in 2021 was on a neutral field. That was practically a home game for them. And now Cincinnati, with all the talent that they had, all the All-American accolades, were able to draw attention to them at their pro day. How cool is that? The University of Cincinnati... It's come a long way. I remember when I looked at their schedule when I was on a tour at UC in 2015. I'm like, who the hell are these teams? Like, why are we playing against these teams? Sure, I knew who they were, but like, why are we playing against these teams? Why is Cincinnati playing against these teams? And why are they not? Why aren't they good? They should be good. They used to be good in college football. Well, now they are. And they're going to be playing against teams like Iowa State, Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and Texas in two years, less than that. Up next, I've never been more excited for the Final Four than I am this year. It's historic, and the stats back it up. I'll get into that next year on Lockdown Bearcats, but first, I need to tell you about Bill Bar because you see, this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, and that's true, I didn't even make any New Year's resolutions. But this year, I'm going to focus on eating right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like that's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Why? Because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these because they're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Bilt bars contain just 100 Excuse me. And 30 calories, only 4 grams of sugar and net carbs each, and 17 grams of protein. At Bilt Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off of Bilt.com. Thanks for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Frank here with you on this Monday, March 28th of 2000. 28th. Yeah, it is 28th. March 28th of 2000. I'm losing track of my days here. March 28th of 2022. The final four is set. Duke, North Carolina, Villanova, and Kansas. Wow. Talk about a historic final four field. These are all four major programs, Blue Bloods, and one of them is going to win the national championship. The national championship matchup is going to be really good, whatever it is, Duke-Villanova, Duke-Kansas, North Carolina-Villanova, North Carolina-Kansas. The, th- this final four is absolutely historic. When you consider these are four Of the winningest programs in the history of college basketball. We'll start there. The final four this year features the number one, three, four, and 19 teams on the all time college basketball program win list. That, my friends, is impressive. The four programs have combined for 8,771 wins. 8,771. That's an average of over 2,000 wins per school. Think about that for a minute. Over 2,000 wins per school. 8,771 combined wins. 17 national championships. 62 Final Four appearances. And the head coaches. This is what also makes this Final Four great. Mike Krzyzewski. No other words needed. Bill Self one of the best head coaches of this generation, after Mike Krzyzewski. Same with Jay Wright. And Hubert Davis is quickly saying, hey, what about me? Hubert Davis has proven that he's the right man, that he was the right man to succeed Roy Williams in North Carolina. Now, I'm going to put an asterisk there. Because can you imagine if Roy Williams was coaching North Carolina in this Final Four? Oh, my God. The, the four teams in this Final Four, if Roy Williams would be the head coach. Right now, the four head coaches have combined for 2,632 wins. If Roy Williams was still coaching, it, that number would be up to 3,507. Think about that for a minute. Mike, Mike Krzyzewski is over 1,000. Jay Wright has, I believe, over se- Bill Self has over 700. Jay Wright is close to 700. Huber Davis has won 28 games this year. Just just think, actually, Jay Wright is, I haven't ever looked this up, just to make sure I'm getting this right. We know Mike Krzyzewski's got over 1,200 wins. Jay Wright, who I think I've gotten more of an appreciation for how good he is as a head coach. Jay Wright has 642 wins. In his head coaching career, Bill Self has 760. So Bill Self's got 760. Jay Wright's got 642. Roy Williams, for the record, had 903. Um, The head coaches in the NCAA tournament, 191 combined wins. Take away Hubert Davis's four, it'd still be at 187. If you add Roy Williams's, it'd be 262. 20 Final Four appearances amongst the head coaches. Shashevsky leading the way with 12. I'm sorry, 13. 13 Final Fours. If Roy Williams was still the head coach in North Carolina, it'd be 28. Three of the winningest programs in college basketball history, as I've mentioned. And oh, by the way, Villanova's number 19. But recently, you can argue they've been the best program in college basketball since 2016. This is their third Final Four appearance since 2016. And if they win the national championship, it'd be their third in the last six NCAA tournaments. Even number dear Villanova in the Final Four, makes sense to me. And by the way, I haven't even gotten to the best part of this Final Four. The fact that we get the best rivalry in not just college basketball, but in all sports, in the Final Four. This is what it, This is what rivalries are all about. I've seen some rivalries in championship games. I've seen Yankees-Red Sox in the championship series in the division series. I've seen Bears-Packers in the NFC championship game. I've seen Ravens-Steelers for the AFC championship. But Duke-North Carolina in the Final Four? Are you kidding me? This is what you have dreamed of. This is, this is what you dream of as a kid. To play in this rivalry. Now you get to play in this rivalry in the Final Four. In the biggest stage in all of college basketball, in the Louisiana Superdome, which it has some history in college basketball, North Carolina has won two national championships in the state of New New Orleans, excuse me, in the Louisiana Superdome. The Louisiana Superdome has hosted Final Fours in 1982, 1987, 93, 2003, 2012, and now 2022, and there's probably more Final Fours that they've hosted. Some that I have forgotten about, but six that I know of. In fact, you know what? I'll look it up for you right now. Louisiana Superdome. Actually, it's called the Caesar Superdome, but I've known it as the Louisiana Superdome my whole entire life, okay? Even when it was called the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. So I'm going to go by that. Louisiana Superdome, one of the most historic venues in the United States of America in terms of sports. It's also hosted some uh, entertainment and political events. But the Louisiana Superdome has hosted five times previously, now 2022. So I do know all the times that they've hosted it. And I mentioned it's actually called the Caesar Superdome. But you get the point. This is one of of the most historic venues in all of college basketball. It's going to be hosting Carolina Duke in the Final Four. Best rivalry in all sports. Every game is close. The players that have come through their rivalry are incredible. The coaches who have coached men' rivalry are incredible. And the fact that this can be Coach K's last game as a head coach, which I don't think it will be. Spoiler alert. The fact that Coach K is in a do-or-die situation as a head coach in terms of his team advancing or going home in the NCAA tournament against North Carolina, who ruined Coach K's final home game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't appreciate this time, if you don't appreciate what this game means to college basketball, then you are not a college basketball fan. And I am sorry to tell you that. And I'm from Cincinnati where, and I'm the host of a Bear, of a daily Bearcats podcast, that Cincinnati and Xavier is a an incredible rivalry. But Carolina-Duke, that rivalry tops that, and it tops any other sports rivalry. It tops Ohio State-Michigan. It tops Yankees-Red Sox. It tops Bears-Packers. Carolina-Duke is the best rivalry in sports, and you cannot change my mind. Two shades of blue, two historic programs, two programs that win every year, two programs that have had coaching legends roam the sidelines since 1980. Next year will be the first time since the 70s that neither Coach K, Dean Smith, or Roy Williams will roam the sidelines during a Carolina-Duke game. It'll be Hubert Davis versus John Shire. And by the way, I, can't, I can only imagine what the state of North Carolina is like. Tobacco Road? Oh, I wouldn't want to go for a run on that road this week. I might, the best thing to do is to go vacation in your Outer Banks home. Just stay there all week. Unless the, unless the animosity and the, <laughs> the rivalry spills all the way out there. But this is what college basketball is all about. We finally get Duke and North Carolina in the final four. We've always said, what if they play in the NCAA tournament? Now we get that opportunity. And the fact that it's not for a national championship, I think is great. You always wish you you had one thing when you finally get something you want, like a Carolina-Duke rivalry in the NCAA tournament. You wish it was for the national championship. Okay, so what? It's still in the final four. Like, I wish Roy Williams was still the head coach of North Carolina. We finally have a final four that doesn't feature that doesn't feature a fluky team or you know, it doesn't have any name brand schools. Like maybe 2019 only had Michigan State in the final four as a name brand school. This year you have four blue bloods. This year, you know, you you know, I have said that upsets are great in the NCAA tournament, and I love the absolute heck what St. Peters did this year. But damn it, if St. Peters had made the final four. Yeah, it would have been great. It would have been cool. It would have been a great story for years. But when it comes to the Final Four, I want to see major programs play. I want to see North Carolina and Duke and Kansas and Villanova. You have three historic Blue Bloods, and you have the best program in college basketball right now. Villanova this week. I mean, Jay Wright and what he has done with that program. Took over as head coach in 2001. Took the program to the Final Four in 2009. Took a long time to get back in 2016. Had some ugly second-round exits. They win the national championship in 2016 on Chris Jenkins' as buzzer beater. They win it all again in 2018. And it's not like they were a flash-in-the-pan ch- national champion in 2016. They have consistently remained good. Some years they don't, they don't even win the Big East. They have not been a number one seed in the Big East Tournament since, 2000, I believe, 2017. 2017! Is that right? I believe that's right. Excuse me. They haven't been a number one seed in the Big East Tournament since 2017. And yet they've been to the Final Four twice now. Because Villanova is a team that can win in the NCAA Tournament. They're experienced. They know how to win in the month of March. You know how to win in the regular season, the conference tournament, and then the NCAA tournament. Villanova win, knows how to win in the NCA tournament. It doesn't matter if they win the conference tournament or not. It doesn't matter where they finish in the regular season. Providence won the regular season. Story of the Big East. And guess what? Who's in the, guess who's in the Final Four once again? Villanova. It's like years when the Bengals were really good, but then the Steelers and Ravens win playoff games and the Bengals don't. Yep. Excuse me. That... Is what happened this year. Excuse me. UConn and Providence were really good this year. Villanova was just better. Creighton had a really good year. Villanova was better. They have a culture in place at Villanova. It is a historic program. You may not think so because this is only their seventh Final Four appearance. They've won three national championships, two of which have come two of which have come since 2016. Yet, I would say that they are becoming a blue blood. They are becoming an elite program. They are the only team that has that's still in the Big East that has served that has thrived since the breakup and the secession of the Catholic schools from the old Big East. Um, Duke. Over Arkansas, I was shocked at how dominant Duke was. I thought Arkansas would give them a game. I thought it was going to be another classic Saturday night Elite Eight game like we've seen from Purdue, Virginia, uh, Villanova, Kansas in 2016, Notre Dame, Kentucky, Arizona, UConn, games like that. I thought we'd see another one with Duke and Arkansas. Duke just dominated that game. And it's so funny because like I think a lot of people were out on them after the ACC tournament. Go back and watch how they played against Syracuse in the second to last Saturday of the regular season and tell me that team can't win a national championship. Spoiler alert, they can. Kansas against Miami. What a second half by the Jayhawks. Do you realize that the Jayhawks outscored Miami? Where's the stat? I want to make sure my stats are right Kansas outscored Miami in the second half where is it Kansas outscored Miami 47 to 15. they trailed by six at the half they won by 26. Wow to watch them play defense, to watch their offense. Their front court is as good as any team in the country. McCormick and Lightfoot are incredible. They can also shoot Braun, Abjabi. That's a very, very good Kansas team, a very good experienced Kansas team. The whole Final Four is going to be dominated by Duke, North Carolina, and Coach K's last Final Four. But Villanova-Kansas is still going to be a really good game. I think it could be a very close game. I think it could be a down to the buzzer game. They played in the Final Four in 2018. They played in the Elite Eight in 2016. I expect this game to be very, very close. You have two teams with cultures in place. Jay Wright and Bill Self know each other so well. And then you go to North Carolina and Duke. North Carolina, by the way, um, it doesn't again, it doesn't matter what seed you are. It's North Carolina. As soon as they beat Baylor, the door opened for them to go to the Final Four, and here they are. 22nd time they've been in the Final Four, third time, also third time, in the last six NCAA tournaments that they're in the Final Four. 2016, 2017, and now this year. Hubert Davis was the right man to succeed Roy Williams for the job. No question about it. He was the right man all along. Look at what he's doing. North Carolina does not have a star player. But yet they have so many different players that can beat you and take over a game. Brady Manick, R.J. Davis, Armando Bacot, and of course Caleb Love. They can all take over a game for North Carolina. That's how they beat teams. That is how they beat teams. So I am really looking forward just the fact that it's historic because yes, upsets make the NCAA tournament. I love seeing Cinderella teams, the the wonder how far how, how far they can go. But the Final Four is better when you have these kinds of teams in it. When you have these elite teams in it. Two thousand nine, when it was Michigan State, UConn, North Carolina, Villanova, boom. Two thousand eight, you had all four number one seeds: Memphis, UCLA, North Carolina, Kansas. Twenty twelve, you had Kentucky, Louisville, Kansas, Ohio State. 2015, Michigan State, Duke, uh, Kentucky, and Wisconsin. These are all elite programs. This year might be the best Final Four field I've ever seen. All blue bloods, a lot of blue, and one of these teams is going to win the national championship. And whichever two teams play for the national championship, you, you can't go wrong with the national championship matchup. You can't go wrong with these matchups either. This is exactly what you want as a college basketball fan. The ratings are going to be through the roof because these because all these programs have huge followings around the country and in their own markets. You've got the East Coast with Villanova, Duke, and North Carolina. Then you've got the Midwest with Kansas. What would make it better? Maybe it would, if UCLA would be in, yeah. If Kentucky was in, yeah. But there's only so many Blue Bloods that can be in the Final Four. Uh, tomorrow, what if... What if Cincinnati and Xavier met in the Final Four? Whew, man. We'll get into that. Uh, so much to get to this week. My notes are getting disorganized. Um, and this week we'll be talking all things Bearcats football spring practice, NFL Draft, where Sauce Gardner and Desmond Ritter may end up, Joe Knoxville Classic for Bearcats Baseball, Big 12 News, and more. It's all right here on Lockdown Bearcats. Thanks for making it your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with expert and with front office analysis and insight. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. My screen just, uh, or the ad read just went away. Insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices is is the line. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's and N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram Alex AlexFrank9 underscore and email me at alex3frank at gmail.com. For Locked On Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.